Welcome, and thank you for listening to the New Day Podcast. We are located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. Well, we've been on these mindsets that... uh, uh, one way of approaching these is, uh, if, if you've ever listened or read anything that he wrote, uh, Andy Stanley would have referred to these as frenemies. They are things in our life that war against us, but we're so familiar with them that they've all, they almost take on a, f- a form of friendship in the patterns of our thinking and the patterns of our behavior and stuff. And so I want to start with reading 2 Corinthians 10, because I'm I'm convinced this is one of those uh, hinge verses, is in the word of God. It would be called a cardinal back in the day. So uh, a a cardinal meaning like a hinge that you have for a door is actually a cardinal hinge. And that means it has two sides and it has a pin that goes through it so that it can rotate this way and that, and thus being a cardinal well, this is a cardinal verse in that this, this is something that the doorways of our heart can rotate in and out out of and that you can come back and when things, especially when it feels like uh, those times in your life when it feels like everything's against you. Have you experienced any of that? Maybe some, maybe some of you haven't, but it just, I think it's pretty common to all of us actually allowed by God where it feels like nothing's going right. I mean, I've, I've had fishing times where I quit fishing because of that. You get out there and the line gets caught, tangled, your reel gets a bird nest, you lose the first fish and the only fish that bit all morning so far. And, you just, and things just keep going wrong. You go, I'm not supposed to be here today. I've actually like, come home when that happens. I just get, you say, you walked in defeat. I did. The lake one, and uh, but to to hammer that home into the very seriousness of life, that can feel like life at times. It just it just keeps going bang, bang, bang. Don't you wish problems would only happen once, once, you know, just one at a time, and that only happened once every four or five years, just to keep you honest. But they don't. That's not life. It doesn't happen that way. We have both good things and not such good things occur in our lives. So this hinge chapter says this, 2 Corinthians 10.3, For though we walk in the flesh, we're here, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Um, this really, if you look at verse 3, this, verse 3 is not a, a I, I'm just doing a little rehearsal this morning. It's not a sin management issue. It's a stronghold issue. He ties this together. Don't take this verse and apply it in what you're doing or what you're going through and that you have sinned. This is not about a sin issue. Um, It is about uh, 
truth and grace from God being the design of God to be now your operating system to break the unhealthy thought patterns and lies in your life. You have, if you don't see this verse this way, it will never work as a cardinal verse. If you try and make this be something it's not, or try to get it to do something it can't, it won't work that way. Um, Self-talk is a very real thing. You know, when I, when I was back way in younger days, uh, like people would say, uh, if you're talking to yourself, you're probably crazy. But everybody talks to themselves. You're not crazy because you talk to yourself. Everybody has an internal voice. That's the voice that you speak to with yourself, not in some weird way, uh, but that voice inside of you that takes stuff, it especially does with, with the past, especially when something went wrong, and it rehearses it for you again. And the whole scenario plays out in your thoughts and in your heads, and the, and the voice starts coming in, and you actually go through a little scenario where, you, and you're not crazy if you do this, where you play it out again, and the, it's just like the video hits play button and it happens all over again and you can hear the voices you can see the people and you can see the circumstance that's when this verse is key we just sang a song about future and past he is there now remember where we started with all this he came to set captives free when we're your captive to that voice and those thoughts and the replay mechanism that we hit in our life over things that didn't go right, that's when this verse comes important because it can help change the inner voice. And the inner voice begins, canon is invited into by God to bring every one of those, cap, those thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ, how he obeyed and what he did. So it can really cast down arguments inside of you. Every, every high thing that exalts itself, it says, against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity. If you see this verse and understand one thing, Christ obeyed perfectly. Now add something else to it. For your justification. That's how you can use this verse. He obeyed perfectly so that it, his obedience could be given to you as a gift for overcoming in this life. It's a gift to us. We get trapped by various, um, I call them mindsets or mentalities rather than strongholds now. Because stronghold has such a strange connotation with spiritual warfare. And I've watched people get out wooden swords and play act and draw the line in the sand. You can come thus farther and no further. And we make all these weird statements and prayers and it looks very dramatic and it does nothing when we're alone. 
and we just have the voice. This isn't play acting. This is God coming to us and speaking to that inner voice and we have to see it and recognize it for where what it is so the the first week i did the orphan mindset a stronghold that makes us interact with god ourselves and others through a series of qualities or characteristics that were not in christ that he set us free from then last week I did, which was a really hard one to do because we feel great compassion over these things when, it, when we actually see it occur. But the other one is the widow mindset and how if that's a stronghold in your life, you'll approach God and life, you approach the way you live life through a certain set of circumstances that are actually binding your heart up and you're not free. All of this was designed by God to set us free. So this morning, oh, it says widow mentality. It's not, that's not right. It should say the characteristics, here's what I want to do this morning, of a victim mentality. Have you, did you get victimized through life? Growing up? Were you the victim of a perpetrated sin? I was um, really bad. I, I was, you know, I'm, I, I talk about it openly now. I was an abused child. I went through all, both physical and mental, emotional abuse growing up. And man, so this is one of them I know really well. And Christ has set me free. Do you ever fall back into it? Yep. Yep, again, it's a friend of me, and I can find myself feeling certain ways again. But look at these characteristics of being a victim. It ends up coming out on the other side. So when we rehearse things that have happened in our life, and we see ourselves as a victim, we end up having controlling unforgiveness, resentment, bitterness, So it not only flavors the thoughts of what was in the past, but it flavors the now. And it can flavor the future. Negative, pessimistic approach to life. If you've been a victim, you're scared to death it's going to happen again. So you're very pessimistic. You're so cautious that you can't see good things coming. Get an overstated and unjust compassion. You start feeling sorry for everybody else who may have had this happen to them, or maybe they didn't, but if they even slightly thought they did. Shame, self-pity, you see yourself as undeserving. Jealous of others' blessings. And probably the biggest one is you get stuck in the past. You just can't get beyond the point of that thing that happened. You, you navigate life through that. With it, you start justifying your own wrong behavior. Uh, become demanding, suspicious, miserly. And you stay in a place of 
continual sorrow and ungratefulness, hopeless and helpless, difficult to receive blessings, and feeling, this is what a victim always feels like, invisible. If they really knew what happened to me, they would understand, but I'm too ashamed to tell them. Really occurs. Now, I want you to think bigger picture now of how this works when we approach life instead of through Christ in a victim mentality. Look at what's going on today. Look, look at these characteristics and what's being demanded and that uh, I wish we lived in a world where everything was just. We don't. Have you noticed that it's very unfair? And that Christ rules in my heart, and I see everything, just what it says in Hebrews. I see everything under his feet, not yet. I know that all authority is in his, but this is what I've seen, and you know, this is the only one. I, when you think through this, how honest Jesus was with his followers, including clear up to today. He never promised us it would all be okay. He never promised you that everything was going to go wonderful according to your plan. As a matter of fact, he said, in this life you will have tribulation, trials. Things that you would have to come up and face. He never promised that everything would be just. Except, are you ready for this? Except you. His promise is that he would make you just. Inside of you. That's what we call the doctrine of justification. To be just means everything's right and okay. Nothing is owed. Nothing has to be paid. It's done. You have been justified. It's interesting in Hebrews 12, and when the writer of Hebrews starts talking about seeing eternity, he sees, <laughs> simple this, he sees the great cloud of witnesses and he says, just men made perfect. I'm not perfect yet, but I am a just person. I'm a, I've been given a gift of righteousness. The world hasn't been given that gift yet. If you read Romans, it says that the world is groaning for the revealing of us the just ones, and the redemption of all creation. It's groaning for that. It hasn't seen it yet. But you have it inside of you. If you have ever been a victim, guess what? Whether you can see it or not, you've been healed. Because God gave you just standing with him. Nothing can add to it. Nothing can take away from it. It's so incredible. It's so phenomenal. What's hard is the here and now. Because we don't see justice the way we should. But to tell people that they are victims 
and that they have been victimized by others and that the only way to get out of that victimization is to be recompensed for what happened to them, that won't work. What every person needs to receive is the gospel. That's what takes me out of it. I don't have to remain in my victimhood. The gospel set me free to not have to do that. How do you know when you got like that mindset on you? How much stuff do you rehearse from the past? How much stuff when something else comes up, you go, here we go again. And then have you, have you ever been driving down the road and the video played through your mind? And you're driving and see it, but it's worse than being on your phone because you see a whole nother panoramic view inside of you. And, and then you do a little, this might be too real this morning, you do a little play act thing of what you wish you would have said. What you could have said. What you should have done. But you're really just rehearsing it again because it can't unchange it. Think through this. Is that sane thinking? No, it's not. It's resentful. It's, it's hanging on to something. But I've been made just. How does that stuff, how do we tear the grip of that? Oh, it's through, wait a minute, there. It's through that realm of grace and truth. It's again this statement. God is completely for us and endlessly in love with us apart from anything we have to prove. When we rehearse our victimhood, we are trying to prove something again. It really shouldn't have happened to us. We didn't deserve it. And something needs to be done about it. There was something done about it. The same power in God that forgave you of what you did forgave you of what happened to you. There's a, there's a breaking. <laughs> Man, I wish I could rip my life and my heart open and let you go in there and see it because that's what he's done for me. It's the only reason I'm still preaching today. He came in there and he set the captive free. And I stay free by reminding myself that I am free without me having to prove it to you, others, or God, and especially God. It's found in my, in my own life story in that I always believed that God loved me. He had to have compassion on me. He saw all the stuff that happened to me. He had to take pity on me and love me. What I found was he liked me. He really liked me. He didn't see me. Uh, it wasn't that he saw me outside of my brokenness. He saw me through my brokenness and liked me still. I didn't like me. So I didn't believe others would like me. And oh my God, that God would like me? It was stunning healing to me. Everybody told me 
This hindered my brother's salvation for so many years. you got to be somebody different. You can't be yourself in order to be okay with God. You can't be you. You have to be somebody different. Well, in one sense, it's really true. You become born again. I'm now in Christ. An old friend of mine used to call me this. He used to call me Jesus Lloyd. Or Lloyd Jesus. It kind of got, it got under my skin, actually, for a little while. You know, it's like, eh, that's weird. No, it's not. It's freedom. It's freedom from being a victim. Don't let your frenemies keep victimizing you. It is Christ who has done it as a gift of grace to you. Remember, remember Luke 4, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, he said. When he came, this was his edict. This was the passage of Scripture from Isaiah 61 that he came. This was his, uh, if you will, this was his big reveal. We do that a lot today. This was him coming saying, this is why God sent me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Set captives free. That was his proclamation. And then what he did actually accomplished that. How do you break that mentality? Is everybody tracking with me? I need to, you're all looking a little stunned this morning. And... Uh, I, I know this is like, because <clears throat> it gets it, because all of us have been victimized. I, I understand that. Yeah, daylight savings. Here, the first step in walking free from this is to identify what's really going on in your life. Don't, don't play the victim card with God. Play the sonship or daughterhood card with God. Then you can look at things honestly, because that establishes my identity. I am in God. I'm his son. I'm his daughter. And think how you would treat, whether you do or don't have sons or daughters, think how you would treat your child. God does that and more. So identify what, uh, what's going on. And here comes a There's no other way to put this. There is a freedom in opening your hand up and letting go of the injustices and offenses that were committed against you. Now, I have this in, I wasn't always a victim. I victimized people. And that's, that's another level of letting go. I don't want just a gospel for the victims. There has to be a gospel for the perpetrators. I was the one who did wrong things. And I was able to like, yeah, go. But these, these, these all, I did those because of these. I perpetrated because of the injustices done to me. Who's going to pay for this? Jesus says, I, I will. I did. I am. I did pay for it. 
the same gospel that got you born again and freed you from what you did is the gospel that frees you from what was done. You have to let it. You have to proclaim it. You have to engage with it and understand it. And this is an understanding that we don't have. Oh, grace is so sloppy and so merciful. This is just... Learn the power of forgiveness. It breaks the power of this victimization. Of letting it go. Forgiving what was done to you. I want to read something that was from Jesus Calling. Do any of you read Jesus Calling? I I do. Not daily. I think my wife reads it daily. Uh, But I read it almost daily. So this was just, this was on October 28th, I believe it was, just as I was restudying this to come. Do not expect to be treated fairly in this life. People will say and do hurtful things to you, things that you don't deserve. When someone mistreats you, try to view it as an opportunity to grow in grace. See how quickly you can forgive the one who has just wounded you. Don't be concerned about setting the record straight. Instead of obsessing about other people's opinions of you, keep your focus on me. Ultimately, it is my view of you that counts. As you concentrate on relating to me, remember that I've clothed you in my righteousness and holiness. I see you attired in these radiant garments which I bought for you with my blood. They weren't cheap. There's nothing cheap about God's grace. This also is not fair. It is a pure gift. When others treat you unfairly, remember that my ways with you are much better than fair. My ways are peace and love, which I have poured out in your heart by my Spirit. You have the most incredible power on earth because you can release people who have wronged you. And it's not them that gets mostly set free. Guess who it is? It's me. Resentment and bitterness. Resentment. Think of the word resentment. Resentment. Resending it over and over and over again. And you can break the cycle of it by the power of grace. It's stunning. And it, it, it actually becomes, it's not a game, but it becomes so enjoyable because you start living in Colossians 3.13. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. I can do it because he did it. I have an authority to do it. Even the ugly things that were said. Listen, they don't stop. Do you know how many ugly things that were said against me as I preached this gospel for the past decade? I preached the gospel and pay, and, you know, and then you go, oh, good, now I'm going to wear that as a badge. It's a, it's a price I pay. No, people treated me weird and friends walked away from me and it hurt. 
But you know where I am with that? Bless them, Lord. Help them along their journey and keep revealing yourself to them. And don't let me be bound by the things that they said. I have great authority. I don't have to be the victim. And so if I don't have a victim mentality, I don't embrace a victimhood. They can't put a cloak of shame over me and pull the hood over me. Uh Uh-uh. Righteous man. I'm a just person. God has set me free. So I actually got this tested out and I saw one of those people who really hurt me just this past year at the dentist's office. Just think through that. Think through the image of that. And it was not before, but after the appointment. So I've just had somebody ripping into my mouth and drilling me again, which if you knew my, all of my story, that's part of my victimization from a child and what my parents allowed and what happened. I, I just I have to pray in tongues before I go to the dentist. I'm just, you know, maybe you're not scared of the dentist. Well, every horror story you could ever put towards me that would keep me from sleeping would be about the dentist. Just the very act of, I'm a wood carver. I start my Fordham up. This is a little tool that does grinding. I hear that and I have to go, oh. So I come out of being at the dentist's office. I haven't seen this person for nearly four years. And guess who's sitting waiting for their turn to get drilled. How, how? So you know what I did? I put a smile on my numb mouth. It probably looked a little weird, a little Mona Lisa-like, I would like to think. And I smiled and I said, hi, gave them their name. How are you doing? And I meant this with my whole heart. It's so good to see you. How have you been? Whose heart was free? Me, 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 me. <laughs> my heart. The, as the words came out and what it did in my heart, the power of forgiveness in God. You will no longer be my friend, but I will bless you. And our hearts keep, you going to go, I want to grow in Christ. That's how you grow. Your heart gets big. Your heart gets Texas big. And, and, and you see it differently. Listen to this passage of scripture. We'll close with this. It's in, found in Ephesians 4. And there's such freedom in because what I did that day, Ephesians 4 speaks of. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk, in the futility of their mind. Remember where the strongholds are. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart who being past feeling had given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct. 
the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who steals steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. This is how you do that. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and even evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Here he's saying, let it go. He's singing the Frozen song before it was ever popular. Let it go. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. How? 70 times 7? If I don't do this, I'm in trouble? No. Forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. It's taking the gift of God and handing it to somebody who tried to victimize you. And when you do that, You break the victim mentality and you now have put on the new man, the just person, the righteous person. And you're handling them not out of anger and and wrath and meanness, but you now handle them out of the power of God and you're working in your life. Did I always do it perfectly? Nope. He did. Will I do it better the next time? We'll see. But I know this. I'm going to put on Christ because it's freedom. And the inner voice that tells me, do this, this, and this because they said that, that, and that. And break that and go, no. I'm going to release them in Christ. Start with the hardest ones and it'll get easier. No, it doesn't. Start wherever you can start. Start with one. Uh, maybe it's like, what about Bob? Baby steps. <laughs> you know? Hey, Dr. Marvin, I'm sailing. Uh, take a step into the power of grace. And you're going to find something. The power of grace is powerful. And there's also, listen, this starts becoming tasteful instead of a chore and then like what you get accomplished with it with the power of forgiveness is when I start doing it I start doing it and when I start doing it I start living it when I start living it I start being it when I start being it I realize I'm in Christ and nobody has chains for me anymore What they tried to victimize me, the chain is broke. 
It's broke. It's broken. There is a way out. If, there, if God didn't make a way out for, for all of us, then we should be pitied. Indeed, we should be victims. But he made a way for you and I to walk in light and the power of forgiveness. I have no edict on you to, to bind you to this. Oh, you have to forgive because of what Jesus did. No, you get to forgive. Because he has done it. And when you start practicing it, your heart gets so free and you break this mentality and it breaks up my high demand that I see justice. There is a day coming when all things will be made just. There is a day, the return of the Lord, where everything on the earth will be made just. But you won't get it now. And the more effort you put behind it, the more you get bound by it. The more injustice you see. I don't demand justice anymore. I demand mercy. <laughs> Play with it. I, I, maybe you heard this saying too. I said I'd close with that, but I got one more thing I got to say to you. Because okay, uh, Don't be more merciful than God is. Be very careful. You ever heard that one? That's when you forgive everybody of everything. Oh, be careful of that. You'll be more merciful than God. I actually heard that taught. That's so, I would love to have God correct me for being too merciful. There's no place in the word where it gives any warning like that. That is totally from the book of illusions. There is no place in the word of God that says, be careful that you're too merciful. Matter of fact, even in the old covenant, it says, love mercy. Do justice and walk humbly with your God. You know, if anything, and I mean this in the right sense and not just to be funny. I want to be the Oprah Winfrey of mercy. You get mercy and you get mercy and you get mercy and you get mercy. Hey, I'm going out as that. Will you join me? Then we are a different people. But it has to start here with your heart. If you don't believe you received mercy, you'll rehearse it again. Well, now I'm going to feel guilty when I rehearse it. Good. Get free of it. Do it now. That's what Ephesians is. It, it means, when it says put these things away, it means do it now. Get, get rid of them. They're going, to, they're going to bind your, they'll be your frenemies. I've done it before. Do it again. How many times do I have to do it? It doesn't matter. He's the future and the past. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. When you find it affecting your behavior when you're around certain people, did I really feel good leaving the dentist's office? Yep, I really did. It was a sing-song whistle under the Lord day. It just, it just made... It made, it, it made the whole day different inside of me because I wasn't bound to the hurt that that person perpetrated on me. Oh, it's so good to be free. It's so good. I want to pray for your freedom.
Lord, I pray for right now for everyone who's felt like a victim and has had bad things perpetrated upon them. Help them. Help them discover who they are in you. Help them discover their righteousness. Help them discover their power. Help them discover their authority. Help them discover themselves, who they really are in you. Help them live there. Help them stay there. And Lord, I pray that, I pray Psalm 18, that you would enlarge the path under their feet and that your gentleness would make them great. That they would have that as a, as a real tangible thing. That your kindness, your mercy, your gentleness was bought at a price. And you paid the price so that you could give it to us. So enlarge that place in their hearts and bless them. I just pray even now that on the way home, if there was a place where it still stings, that you would help them apply the ointment of the Holy Spirit and the truth of God and his abounding grace towards them. In Jesus' name. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face to shine upon you, be gracious unto you. Lord, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Bless you guys.